Today we're going to, the sermon message is walking out your calling. I'm going to talk about walking out your calling in just a second here. Romans 8, 28 through 30. Romans 8, 28 through 30. And we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love Him, who have been called according to His purpose. For those God foreknew, He also predestined to be conformed to the image of His Son that he might be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. And those he predestined, he also called. Those he called, he also justified. Those he justified, he also glorified. Now, some of you that see me walking up on this stage, especially if you know me from my past, you might would say, okay, you know, God's called him to do that. You know, uh, especially if you really know me from my past because, I mean, I, I was really, really stupid. I can tell you a lot of stupid things. But you might would say, God has called him to do that. And it's true. No credentials. No education. Just good old school of hard knocks. That's what I went to. Anybody been to that school? But yet, look what God can do. We're going to talk about the uh, talk about our calling today. Second Timothy one nine. Second Timothy one verse nine. Man, that makes me want to sing that song all of a sudden. We ain't sang it in a long time. Look what the Lord has done. So, that's a good one right there. He healed my body. He freed my mind. He saved me and it was just in time. <laughs> Second Timothy 1 verse 9 says, He has saved us and called us to a holy life. Not because of anything we've done, but because of His own purpose and grace. God has called me before I was in my mother's womb. And He has called you to a holy calling. You have a purpose and a reason that you've been put here on this earth. Ephesians 1.1 1, 1. Ephesians 1 verse 1 Ephesians 1 verse 11 actually. <clears throat> Listen to this. It says, In Him we were also chosen, having been predestined. Now y'all just, I mean this word's a lot in the Bible here. Having been predestined according to the plan of Him who works out everything in conformity with the purpose of His will. God has already before you were formed in your mother's womb, He has placed a purpose and a calling on your life. Before He sent you here. Now, when you when, let, just talk just for a second here, I want to talk about how you get here. Now, when you see me here, y'all see the beautiful side of getting over to walking in my calling. 
This is the beautiful side. But it, wa- it wasn't that beautiful getting here. I didn't just wake up one morning and say, you know what, I'm going to go live for God today. No. He already had the calling in my life. See, God knew that he had a plan for me, and he knew what he wanted me to do, and he had already had the calling on my life. See, in the world, I was already equipped with some of the talents and skills that I use today. I was already equipped. I want you to see that because I want you to know you're already equipped. Now, people followed me. Now, I led them the wrong way, but they still followed me. I had leadership skills when I was in the world. People followed me into some pretty areas they shouldn't have followed me in, but they did. I had a lot of faith before I got saved. Didn't have faith in God now, don't get me wrong. Because I didn't know God. But I did have faith. I believe that I was born with a measure of faith. See, I didn't have faith in God, but I did have faith that everything was going to be okay. I was 15 years old. When I was 15, I'm standing in my grandmother and grandfather's yard. and I I turn around to my grandmother and I say, you know what, I'm going to Miami, Florida. She said, boy, you ain't got no money, you ain't got no car, you ain't no way, you ain't got nothing. I just turned around and started walking, and I made it to Miami. Now, it takes a little bit of faith to just take off walking to Miami. You know what I'm saying? With only 10 cents in my pocket, nothing but the clothes on my back, I don't know how long it took me because I'd walk two or three days and then I'd sleep. I don't know how long. But I think it took me a couple of weeks to get down there to Miami. But I was dirty. I was hungry. I was whatever. But I made it back. I just knew I would. I believe I was born with a measure of faith. Now, I believe I was born with a measure of faith that I was going to need to stand in the time that I stand in today. See, I didn't know God, so I couldn't have faith in Him. I know it's kind of funny hearing that in the South, but no, I didn't know God. I couldn't have faith in Him. But I believe that if I didn't have faith, I wouldn't have made it through some of the things that I've been through since I've been saved. If it wasn't for faith, some of the things I've been through since I got saved... Would have took me out for sure. Now I believe that God. I believe that God has given me this word, and I believe that some sometimes we're going through some things. You see, we go through things, and we think it's the enemy. We think it's our circumstances. Sometimes it's your calling. Each one of us has a calling. After twenty three years of being a slave to addiction. He brought me to a place to where he wanted to use me. I believe that he wanted to start Celebrate Recovery in 2007. And I believe he wanted to use me. So here's what he done. He let me suffer enough of my consequences 
to where I, I got me a, I got this right here, and I said, you know what, I give up. I surrender. I suffered enough of my consequences, and I hurt enough of my pain that God knew my timing too. When I suffered them consequences, I, I, threw in the white ta- I threw in the towel and said, you know what, I'm done. I said, if you want me to turn left, I'll turn left. You want me to stand up, I'll stand up. You want me to sit down, I'll sit down. Whatever you want me to do, God, that's what I will do. Amen. Thank you. See, what I found is that the greatest joy, the best that we can ever feel here on this earth is when we're walking in our calling. You know, when you feel that, when you actually feel that joy, no enemy can steal it from you. No circumstance from, can steal it from you. And you won't go along and give it away. You'll hold on to it once you experience it. We talk about it all the time, but we're going to talk about some steps on how to get there. First of all, let's talk about why we ain't there. Some of the reasons we don't walk in our calling. Hosea 4 verse 6. Anybody know that? My people perish or destroyed from lack of knowledge. So, so we may have come in here today and not be walking in our calling because we may not have realized we were called. Right? Pastor Keith Hodges asked me to come and give a word. I believe the Holy Spirit led me to bring this word and it's for some of us in here. I believe that with all my heart. God has called you to a purpose. God has called you to a specific purpose here on this earth. 2 Thessalonians 1 verse 11. 2 Thessalonians 1 verse 11. Now listen to this. With this in mind, we constantly pray for you that our God may make you worthy of His calling and that by His power He may bring to fruition your every desire for goodness and every deed prompted by faith. If you come in here today and you didn't know you had a calling on your life, good news. Now you do. So, <laughs> right? You know, I have a lot of people that tell me, they say, you know, I'm not sure what my calling is. And that's okay. I understand that. But I want to encourage you. Every, four, Sundays, uh, four Sundays a month, we have a connection class during this third service. It'll help give, teach you your gifts, help you realize your calling on your life, and it help point you in the right direction, right? Nine times out of ten, whatever breaks your heart, that's what you're called to do. I love addicts. I love them when they're in addiction. I love them when they get out of it. I love them anyway, all the way around. I love people in addiction. That's why God, that's, why I'm, that's what my calling is. And, and see, some of us, another thing about figuring out what your calling is, your life experiences usually point you in the direction of your calling. Now, I know we all been through a lot of different things in life, but God uses our life experiences to bring us to a place to where we can be used. He doesn't waste a hurt one. 
God don't waste a hurt one. He'll use every hurt to help somebody else. Right? So we don't walk in our calling because of our lack of knowledge. The second reason we don't walk in our calling is fear. Now we're going to talk a lot about fear, but I want to start it off with a video. Fear is not real. The only place that fear can exist is in our thoughts of the future. It is a product of our imagination, causing us to fear things that do not at present and may not ever exist. That is near insanity, Katai. But do not misunderstand me. Danger is very real, but fear is a choice. We are all telling ourselves a story. Our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. It is our light, not our darkness, that most frightens us. Your playing small does not serve the world. There is nothing enlightened about shrinking so that other people won't feel insecure around you. We were all meant to shine as children do. It's not just in some of us, it's in everyone. And as we let our own light shine, we unconsciously give other people permission to do the same as we are liberated from our own fear. Our presence automatically liberates others. So deciding as you look at your life, as you look into the future and say, what fears am I holding on to? What fears that I'm allowing to imprison me keeping me from breaking out that's keeping me from living up to my true potential that's keeping me from really being happy that's keeping me from having a sense of adventure and excitement in my life what's what's keeping me from controlling my destiny what fears that I'm giving that permission to notice what I said that we must give our permission to fear to immobilize us because whatever discomfort you experience whatever challenges or difficulty that it is you got to handle it you got to go up in there and wrestle with it will it be easy no will it be challenging yes but that's just what you must go through in order to get where you want to go and guess what you are strong enough to do it you're strong enough, and your life is worth whatever you have to go through. Fear will rob you. Fear will rob you of the joy and the adventure that God has for you. God has an adventure for us. Fear will rob you. You'll say things like, I ain't good enough or I don't know enough. There ain't nobody in this room any dumber than I am. I'm going to tell you that right now. I got to be the dumbest person in here. It's all God. It's all God. You see what I'm saying? He'll take dummies. He likes dummies. Romans 1.17 
Romans 1, 17. Going wrong way. Romans 1, 17 says, For in the gospel of righteousness of God is revealed, a, is revealed a righteous that is by faith from the first to the last. Just as it is written, the righteous shall live by faith. See, fear is really just a lack of faith. Come on, y'all hear me? I said fear is a lack of faith. Fear is a lack of trusting God. Fear is a lack of trusting that He cares about you, trusting that He loves you. See, God has equipped you to do what He's called you to do. God has gave you every tool that you need, every tool that you'll ever need. He has to do what He's called you to do. It's in your makeup. It's in your makeup. It's been predetermined, predestined. Right? But we have a part to do. And fear is one of the things that hold us back. See, what we have to do is we actually have to step out of the boat and get onto the water. Moses, until he held that staff in the air, the, the sea wasn't going to part. Elijah, when he took his cloak and twisted it up and hit the water, until he did that, the water wasn't going to part. The woman that was going to Jesus to get healing, until she pressed through the crowd and grabbed his cloak, she was not going to be healed. She was not going to be healed. Fear imprisons us. It stops us from walking out the true calling that God has for us. See, we have every tool we need. Every tool we need. But we actually have to take a step to do it, to get the tool. Whenever we get there, we, the courage will be there. The faith will be there. And every single thing will be there when you take the step. If God's called you to start a sunshine house, the money will be there. Uh, you'll have everything you need to start a sunshine house, like lots and lots and lots of patience. <laughs> if he's called you to start a church, it'll be there. If he's called you to lay hands on people and see them healed, then when you actually take a step and you lay hands on these people, healing will be there. If you're afraid that you can't do what God has called you to do, then know this, it's not you. God parted the sea. God parted the river. God healed the lady. It's not you. All you're doing is allowing Him to work through you by taking a step over the side of the boat and believing and trusting that what God tells you He'll do, He will do. You've got to trust Him. When Celebrate Recovery got off the ground and got started good, 
God came to me and he said, Rick, we're going to start a, uh, we're going to open up a rehab so that you can give, give these guys 24 hour care, man. So you can, you can show them the love and, uh, you know, it's just a word for me. It was for me. There was no money. There was no house. There was nothing. So all, what I did was wait. But I didn't just wait. I've had 14 men in my own house with my family of six in a two-bedroom house. See, I didn't know how it was going to come together, but I went ahead and did what I could at the time. Now, I realize y'all ain't, y'all ain't, not, ain't, there ain't too many people in here that it, God's saying take 14 people in your house. I get that. I get that. But it was for me. You see what I'm saying? It was for me. I went ahead and did what I could at the time. I took a step of faith. I didn't, when the sunshine house began, or even the seed was in my head, I didn't think about the house or the money. I thought about men. That's what I thought about. God puts it all together, and look. Sunshine house is up and running. Okay? Sunshine house is up and running. And every single guy that comes into the sunshine house is going to hear the gospel and their lives are going to be changed forever. Their lives are going to be changed forever. See, sometimes we're the planter, sometimes we're the waterer, sometimes we're the harvester. Uh, everybody is not going to st stay in the sunshine house, but I'll tell you this, uh, they're going to get a seed. They're going to get a seed. Now, it might be 10 years and somebody else get to harvest it, but it don't matter. They're going to get a seed. Right? And some's going to get harvested. See what God's doing? I mean, God is so good. God is so good. But fear holds us back, man. Fear holds us back. When you actually step out of the boat, really step out on the boat, that's when God is going to move obstacles out of your way and He's going to move some things in place. You just got to remember, it's not you, it's Him. You see what I'm saying? It's not you, it's Him. Matthew 21, 21. Matthew 21, 21 says, Jesus replied, Truly I tell you, if you have faith and do not doubt, not only can you do what was done to this fig tree, but you can also say to this mountain, Go throw yourself into the sea, and it'll be done. If you believe, you will receive whatever you ask for in prayer. Now see, now I want to talk to my overthinkers. That's a problem in faith. That's a problem. You can't overthink. Now, we need to think things out. Don't get me wrong. But let me think about Let's think about this. When we think about this scripture of this mountain moving from one spot to another, we think about it mysteriously, supernaturally moving from one place to the other. But the truth is, if you have enough faith, you can move a mountain with a shovel. Huh? You can move a mountain with a shovel. If you have faith that it's going to get done, 
You might have, it might take you 30 years, or it might take you 300 guys with shovels. See, sometimes we overthink and overanalyze what God's called us to do, and it stops us from taking steps out of the boat into faith and just really doing what He's called us to do. Right? Fear, it robs you of what God has for you. The joy, the peace, I mean, it robs you. If you're saved in this room, God has called you. It's that simple. Okay, if you ain't saved in this room, God drawed you here today so you could get saved. And your calling is there waiting on you. Okay? So the first reason was we, did, we, we, we didn't know. The second reason was uh, fear. Now we're going to talk about the big reason that stops you from walking in your calling. Sin. Sin. James 1, 14 and 15. James 1, 14 and 15 says, But each person is tempted when they are dragged away by their own evil desires and enticed. Then after desire is conceived, it gives birth to sin. And sin, when it is full grown, gives birth to death. Sin gives birth to death of your calling. Yes, God has predestined a plan for you. He has a plan for you, but you have the choice. See, God is in control of the sun and the moon and gravity, but in reality, He's not in control of you. You choose whether He's in control of you or not. Now, that's the truth. See, we get this idea that God is causing this death and famine on the earth and somehow he's responsible for all the bad things on the earth. But the reality is that the first choice God gave us, we made the wrong one. That's when sin and death entered the world. John 14. fifteen through twenty one. Beautiful. John fourteen, fifteen through twenty one. This is what it says. <clears throat> See, what God wants from us is he wants us to love him more than sin. That's what God wants for promise. John fourteen, fifteen through twenty one it says, If you love me, keep my commands, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever the spirit of truth the world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him but you know him for he lives with you and will be in you i will not leave you or orphans i will not leave you as orphans i will come to you before long the world will not see me anymore but you will see me because i live you also will live on that day, you will realize that I am, I am in my Father, and you are in me, and I am in you. Whoever has my commands and keeps them is the one who loves me. 
The one who loves me is the one that will be loved by me and my father. And I will too love them myself. God desires that we love him more than sin. The Bible says that God looks at us like his bride. Now you really got to get a picture of that. God in heaven said, I want you. That's his bride. He says, I want you. We did not come to God. He first called us. And he chose you. See, so many people have got the Bible wrong. We are his beautiful, beautiful bride. It's not about religion. It's not about I can or I can't or I don't get to or whatever. It's about love. It's about love. God wants us to love him so much that we don't want to sin. That's what God wants. The greatest commandment he, is, he has is love me. Right? The first commandment, love me. What God wants more than anything is he wants a relationship with us. Jeremiah 3, 19 and 20. Jeremiah 3, 19 and 20, it says, I myself said, how gladly would I treat you like my children and give you pleasant land and the most beautiful inheritance of the nation. I thought you would call me father and not turn away from, me, from following me, but like a woman unfaithful to her husband, so you, Israel, have been unfaithful to me God says I thought if I took care of you God says I thought if I took care of you I thought if I loved you I thought if I gave you everything you needed I thought if I crushed every enemy that rose up against you that you would love me back He says, I thought you would call me your father. And we would live as a loving husband and wonderful bride. I thought if I offered you an inheritance, I thought if I offered you protection, I thought if I offered you uh, eternal life with me, that you would stay. But we choose not to. Until your love for Him becomes greater than your love for sin, you will live a sin-defeated life. God wants to take care of you. He wants to bless you. He wants to protect you. He wants you to live with Him forever. And see, this is what we, this is what we tell ourselves. We say, well... This sinful act is somehow going to satisfy me. It's somehow going to bring me pleasure. And God says that it's not going to happen. Because He is your fulfillment. He is your peace. He is your joy.
All he wants for us to do is love him. Some of us has let sin stop us from walking out our calling with God. Some of us has let sin get in the way of what God is wanting to do in our lives. God wants us to seek Him with everything we have. He says, return to your first love. See, when you first met God, you were so passionate. When God totally takes everything off your shoulders, I know what it feels like. Everything's gone. We're so passionate. We're so in love. We are His bride. There's something that God has done that's beautiful for us, though. Man, what a beautiful thing. He left us a way back. He left us a way back. If y'all will, stand up with me. I'm going to ask my prayer team to come down here. The way back is... Confess your sins and be healed. Isn't that a beautiful thing? Ain't easy. Now I believe God is wanting to do something special in here right now. So what we're going to do is we're going we're gonna to open up the altar if you need prayer for any reason or you want somebody to agree with you on anything you come down here you grab one of these prayer warriors but if you're in this house and you haven't actually give your heart to jesus yet hey what are we waiting on today's the day of salvation man it would be no, it would be nothing better in this room than for today to be the day that you turned your life over to christ that we could celebrate with you